outside. Yeah. <laughs> Take your Bibles and go to Revelation. I'm just joking. <laughs> testing, testing, testing. Look at that, it works, man. Amen. Genesis, Genesis chapter 24. We're looking at Eliezer as a type of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, the more I read through this, I, I get my sermon ready for this morning, and uh, as I was going through this, I, I, verses just popped out. I'm like, Lord, this thing is the same everywhere you go, no matter where you go. Uh, you could probably, uh, in, in the uh, dark ages and a few other times like that, uh, some of those people only had little pieces of Bible. I was in, the, in Romania, and, and we went out with Brother Cosby out into the boonies out there. I mean, dirt roads, and they used to have, uh, they still had the, the shallow wells with the poles and the bucket, and, and you dropped the bucket down, and you got out there on the end of a pole, and you pulled it down, pulled a bucket of water up, and uh, all, the, all the houses had floors uh, that were dirt, and they swept, they, they were so hard, they swept the, the floors. I mean, they just, that's how clean their floors were. You were walking around on dirt floors, but they were just as hard as anything else. And uh, going to church, some of these people came out of communism for 35, 40 years, whatever they were under, and all they had was bits and pieces of a Bible. And I'm telling you, we're talking about broken hearts and contrite hearts and just people that love God. It was just unbelievable. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I got my house, I got Bibles stacked up all over the place, here, there, everywhere. And some of these people over here for 30, 40 years, all they had was a piece of a Bible, and they come out of something like that begging me to come over there and be their pastor or, or come over there and teach them the Word of God. And you're talking about getting under conviction. I mean, it was just, you don't need much of the Word of God. What I'm trying to say, you don't need much of this thing to change your life. You just got to believe what you got. And whatever God allows you to get in your life, that's all you need. And, and so many people think you got to have all this stuff. And, and uh, I tell you what, Bible college is a great thing. In America, I think some of the best things you could ever do is go to Bible college. Uh, not necessarily become a preacher or a teacher or anything else. It's so that you could spend, and this is why I did it. I spent, like I said, I could spend a hundred years trying to learn something that I could condense down into three years. Uh, and if I can condense that into three years, it won't be that I know everything. I will just be exposed to it. And once I get exposed to it, I can use that the rest of my life. And what I'm doing right now is I've been out of school since 94, 2004, 14, almost, almost 30 years. And I'm still, stuff is still now coming back just as fast. I can't believe it. And I'm like, ah, oh, I remember them talking about that. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, so chapter, chapter 24, Genesis 24, Eliezer is, is sitting here. And uh, we're, we're down to verse 26. Uh, 24, 26. Let me get there myself. Eliezer is, uh, he's, he's talked to, uh, once you get to there, it says, uh, and the man bowed his head and worshiped. Uh, he's talking to Rachel, uh, or Rebecca, in verse 25. She said, Moreover unto him, we have uh, both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, thank you for just letting us come to church. What a blessing it is that uh, we even have a place to come to. Uh, Lord, that we have a book that we can hold in our hands. And Lord, that we have a full Bible. Uh, page after page after page, Lord, there's people on the planet today that just have pieces and parts. Uh, Lord, and uh, I don't know why that is that way that you, know, you were so gracious and merciful to us. Uh, Lord, allow us to be born in a country, Lord, that uh, the religious uh, freedoms that we have, uh, Lord, we can worship as we see fit or, or we want to. And Lord, sometimes that is more dangerous than, than other places, but Lord, we have everything at our fingertips 
Uh, there's really no excuse in our nation for not knowing this book. Thank you for it. Thank you for those who came out this morning. Bless the morning uh, Sunday school and all the other classes. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's an amazing thing when you get in here. God, God is, man, I don't have to say it. it, it we, the more I'm into this and the more I spend time in it, the more I'm learning uh, that I need to step back and let him have his way. Uh, there is no possible way you can do it any other, other than that. Uh, I had last week, uh, somebody told me about a friend of mine, uh, some trouble that he's in. And, uh, and I mean, we've had issues over the years where we fought like cats and dogs. And, and I mean, literally probably was very upset with that. I don't know if we hated each other. I never hated him, but he may have hated me. And I heard about that. And, and with all the stuff that goes on in your life, you would think that, hey, it'd be okay to just say, well, that's good for him, man. And that's what the typical Christian does in most cases. They'll say, well, it's good for him, man. They're finally getting what they deserve. I was sitting there going, Lord, I said, it's just a hair's breadth that I'm not that way. Uh, it's just it's a small fraction of a choice that I made somewhere that I'm not in the same boat or in some other boat. I said, anything could have happened to me down through my life that could have caused me to be in that same place. I just started praying for him. Uh, and I just kept praying for him and praying for him and praying for him and praying for him and praying for him. Didn't think too much about it. I went into Thursday. I went into the VA, had to go see my doctor. And, and I, I walked in and I couldn't believe him. And I pulled in the parking lot and there's like nobody, no cars in the parking lot anywhere. That's a rarity. There's parking places everywhere. I'm like, this is, this, something's wrong here, man. It must be the thing going on in Ukraine or COVID or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, so anyways, I go in, check in, give the, I, I was running late and I, I kind of out of the corner of my eye, there was like one person in the waiting room and and I, I check in, and I turned around, and it was that brother. And I hadn't seen him probably two or three years, four years. And it was negative probably when I seen him the last time. And you can look at his face and see that he was troubled in his heart. And the Lord just said, hey, go up and say hi to him. So I went up and said, hey, brother, how you doing? I said, it's been and he asked, he said, hey, man, can we go out and have lunch one day and, and just sit down and talk? I said, sure, man, anytime you want, man. We'll go out and talk, do whatever you want. Uh, I, the Lord was just sitting there kind of, <laughs> I think he was warning me that that was going to happen. And uh, depending on how I was going to react to that right there, it could be what could happen to that brother. Or so you got some brothers and sisters out in the world right now that need help. And uh, this is, they always call the church a hospital. Uh, you got to get to the place where you trust God, not yourself. When you trust yourself, what you're going to do is you're going to go back into yourself and your old ways are going to come out. And when they come out, they're going to flood your life and you're going to make decisions based on your old ways. And Brendan, I'm telling you what, your old ways aren't, aren't I know very few people that their old ways even counted. Mine, mine all went to the wayside. Uh, it, took, it took the Lord four years after I got saved to get me. I mean, I sit in under Dr. Jock Howells in the first two, two and a half years uh, of going up to Great Lakes. But it still took me four years to learn some things before I could come to a place where I could come into church and realize I had a lot of changing to do. It took me another five years before the Lord could change my life to a place where I could meet Beth and we could get married and then go on after that. Uh, it just takes time to straighten up a filthy mess that we make. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Y'all probably all angels and, and didn't have no problem. But boy, I had a bunch of problems. Eliezer is sitting here and he says, and he bowed his head and worshiped the Lord. Uh, if you ever get to a place, just like the other day when I seen this brother over there, I bowed my head after he walked out and I said, Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for getting me here. Uh, I got a couple notes here. Maybe I'll just jump a little bit ahead. Uh, da, 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 da. Give me just a second. Give a second. I know I put them here. Yeah. 
Go to Psalm, Psalm 32, 8. Psalm 32, 8. Hold your finger there in Genesis, because we will be back. Maybe. Only got 45 minutes, 40, 44 minutes and a bell. But it is, it's an amazing thing how people still think they can guide and direct their lives. And uh, almost everybody I talk to, what they'll do is they'll start saying, oh, I can do it. I can make it. No, you can't. Uh, and you're going to affect other people in the process. And you don't really realize how many people you're going to affect. And, and the Lord knows. Uh, he doesn't, he, a lot of times he trusts you or trusts me. He wants to trust us with stuff. 32, 32, 8. The Bible says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. That means God's going to guide you and direct you. Eliezer didn't get where he was just because he, he said, which way is the wind blowing and go? That's what most people do. They say, which way is the wind blowing? And they'll do this. And then they'll do, make a decision based on what they think they know. Uh, I know one thing. If I, you go far enough away to anywhere, we, we, uh, I learned a whole lot of stuff in the Navy. If you didn't know I was in the Navy. But uh, we had satellites that sit 23,000 miles out. And, I, and we, our big old antennas, we had 60-foot dishes, parabolic a- antenna with a paraboloid reflector on the front of it. And, I mean, these things sit on five stories. The dish was wider than this building. This is a 40-foot building. This dish was 60-foot circular. So it's another 20-foot past here sitting on this five-story pedestal, concrete pedestal with these gears. Uh, the gear was about the size of this building with two uh, motors on it. Anyways, long story short, uh, we had to get that thing right on the satellite, and at 23,000 miles, uh, probably a hundredth of a degree of that antenna being off, you'd miss that satellite. Uh, you had to be right on that side. You had to, first of all, know right where that satellite was, put that thing like right in the general direction, and then you had to start tweaking it until you watched the signal level come up. And when you got the signal level come up big enough, you could hit the button and go on auto track, and then it would lock in and stay on that satellite. So wherever the satellite, the satellite would do it, because the Earth rotates or, or wobbles, it, it would do like a, uh, you could count, it looked like a, a figure eight pattern on the thing. But, but at 23,000 miles, if you were a hundredth of a degree off, you would never be on that satellite. Guess what? No ships in the fleet would get any information at all because you're off the satellite. We sit there and think we can make a decision, but you get a hair off at the beginning, and out there a couple years down the road, you're going to find a mess, and you ain't going to be able to correct that thing. You know what the thing to do is, is just slow down and wait. I remember Balovich one day came out there. I took the satellite off the dish, off the dish off the satellite by mistake. Actually, Gary Bain did it. I didn't. I just told him what to do. He did what I told him, and it went off. <laughs> and, uh, but the card was wrong, and we got out of it. But he comes to the door, and he's yelling and screaming, and he's like, oh, you're going to run, you're going to run, you're going to run. I'm like, yeah, I can run, I can run, I can do whatever you want. I run, I stand in front of the, the thing where the knobs are, and we're sitting there talking. He goes, aren't you going to do something? I said, I can't. He said, why? I said, it takes five minutes for the timeout to timeout, because once you take the dish off the satellite, you got a five-minute timeout. There's nothing I can do. That's it. You know, sometimes you do something wrong, and it takes time to correct it. Amen. You know what the key is? Don't do nothing wrong. Stay, stay. I mean, I was extremely cautious about everything I did. Uh, I went in there with stacks of manuals. He was getting ready to fry me. Uh, I mean, because what I just did was I, I took every ship in the fleet down. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even, hey, somebody wrote this card and he told me go do it. I said, all right, I go do exactly what the card says. I followed it step by step. I took it to a book and I showed him. I said, I said, you know what the problem is? There's a bunch of liars out there in the Navy. 
I said, this card's at every satellite station in the world. There's like 20 of them. And I said, somebody should have found this mistake before me. I said, you give me this card, I go do the card. I said, you give me something to do, I'm gonna do exactly what it tells me to do. I'm not gonna do nothing more, nothing less, what it says. I did what it said and it went off the satellite. I said, you're gonna tell me that somebody else out there did the exact same card step by step and it didn't go off the satellite? He goes, okay, get out of here, correct the card and shut up. That's what I did, I went and corrected it. You know what I'm telling you? What I'm telling you is sometimes God tells, like Eliezer, he didn't, he just trusted God. He said, look, I gotta trust him. I don't know, I can't see, and he's, I gotta get guidance. Go to, uh, oh, here's my favorite, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is my life verse. This is the one I'll sign your Bible. You give me a Bible, I'll sign it with this. If you don't want me to sign up with that, just sign my name and put this verse down. 3, 5, and 6. Go to verse 1. We'll go to 1 real quick because it's only a couple of verses there. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. First time I read that thing, I remember I've had, I've had preachers tell me, oh, well, that's Solomon talking to his son. No, nope, that's, that's God talking to me. That's the Holy Spirit through this book talking to me. My son, forget not my law, but let, my, let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace uh, shall they add to thee. You got peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding? Uh, if, you're, if you don't, the problem is you ain't following the word of God. Uh, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the tables of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So there's a, there's a key here to do the right thing. Uh, the rest of the world, I don't care about what the rest of the world does. It doesn't matter to me at all. What matters to me is what am I doing and is, am I doing right in the sight of God? Because if I'm not, there's no guarantee this next part's going to work. Five, trust in the Lord with all my heart. Uh, you can't trust him with all that heart and still do what you want to do. Uh, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Uh, my steps are ordered by the Lord. I've had people try to tell me exactly what to do. I tell them to shut up and leave me alone. Uh, if you don't like what I'm doing, go somewhere else. That's okay, I'm all right with that. But I gotta do, because I have to answer to God for what I'm doing. That's what I gotta answer to. I don't answer to him for what you're doing. I'll tell you, you're gonna answer to him for what you're doing, and that's fine. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it uh, unless you're doing what Eliezer did. <laughs> you start praying and say, oh, God, get me to where I need to be. Now, he shoots across 10 camels and a bunch of guys. He, he had a bunch of other people with him, by the way. It wasn't just Eliezer by himself. And, and he goes, you know what's great about Re uh, Rebecca? You want a wife, man. That's the kind of wife you want. But you got to be the kind of guy like Isaac is, too, to get a wife like that. It just doesn't work that way. But Rebecca, I mean, she is, she is running and running and running. Uh, if Eliezer gets there and he has 10 camels, he probably has uh, three or four or five guys with him. She's running enough water to take care of them, them guys and all those camels by herself. That's pretty impressive, man. I said, that reminds Beth. That's, Beth was that way. Beth would kill me, man. When we first got married, I'd go back on the ships out there because she couldn't get on base because she didn't have IDs and stuff yet. And I, that was my, that's my security area. <laughs> she would drive me crazy, man. I'd go out to work. I'm like, this girl, I mean, she's, I was her, I, she needed kids. She really did, because I was her kid. And uh, I mean, she just, everything, well, Sarah's over the house. You see her work the way she, she drives you insane, man. I mean, she'll run around. She sounds like a bug or a bee or And uh, I mean, it just is crazy. But but God knows that, and, and I'm telling you, brother, you got to, we got to get to the place where we back up like Eliezer did and say, okay, Lord, and, and Abraham told Eliezer exactly what to do. 
This world is going to say a lot of stuff. And we've seen a lot of stuff and we watch a lot of stuff and we try to do what we think we know in the world's ways and brother, it just ain't going to work out. Not for stuff like this. It may work for a time, but it ain't going to work forever. Uh, uh, Al Capone got locked up. I mean, it worked for him for a little while, but after that, it didn't work too good. Uh, he got locked up. Oh, let's go to another one here. Uh, go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. It's a great psalm. I used to hate Psalm 119 because it's so long. I actually I love it now because I read it in one setting. I used to say, oh, it's 178 verses. And now it's like, that's, that's part of my daily reading, that and about four other psalms uh, when I get to it. So it's kind of an amazing psalm. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is what's going to guide and direct your steps. Uh, the word of God is going to get you where he wants you to be. The, see, the Lord has a place for you to be. Uh, I have a place that I probably want to be, but he has a place that he wants me to be. And unless I'm willing to back up and say, okay, Lord, show me exactly where I need to go, he can't direct my steps. He can't do it. Um, Isaiah 30, 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. There's, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of verses, man. I mean, you, I got a book of promises, and you can go through that book of promises and look up under guidance or some of that stuff, and there's just tons and tons of verses that'll get you through just about anything. Isaiah, Isaiah 30, 21. It says, And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left, you need to stay right in that path. I was talking about that Wednesday night. There's a path, and the end of that path is heaven. And no matter what you do in life, you need to keep heaven dead center of that path. And, and will God be pleased with what I'm doing? And if you get off the path, all you have to do is say, hey, man, is God pleased with what I'm doing? No, I need to get back on the path where he's pleased again. But he will tell you, you're in the path. You're in the path. People, I had a guy call me yesterday, and I was talking to him on the phone. He goes, hey, I, I'm at a missions conference, and I feel like the God's calling me all over the planet. I said, well, that's not God calling you all over the planet. That's your burden. You see the burden for missions. There's nothing wrong with that. And he goes, well, you know, I wanted to call you because I know you went to Bible college, and God talks to you, but he don't talk to me. I said, no, brother, he don't talk to me any different than he does to you. I said, you're not listening, and I am. You're running all over the place thinking, I need to go here, and I need to go there, and I need to go here. And I said, really, have you, have you talked to your pastor? Well, no, I didn't talk to my pastor because I said, brother, you need to go talk to him. I said, you placed yourself under him. He used to go here a while back. And he, he said, well, I never told you why I left. I said, I don't care why you left. You left and you're gone. That's good. See you later. Bye, man. I said, but I'll help you when you call. And I said, you need to talk to your pastor. I said, but brother, sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit there. I said, maybe God's showing you some things. You need to stop and slow down and listen to what God says instead of what you're doing. The most important, this is a very important thing. Eliezer is getting a bride for Isaac. That's the bloodline of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's very important that he does exactly what God says do. You know what we need to do? Exactly what God says do. Not what we feel, what God says. And if you can do that, you'll be good, man. Um, so go to, uh, let's go to do, 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 Psalm 73, 4. Just two more, and then we'll get back to Genesis. Psalm 73. Guidance, guidance, brother. I'm telling you what, it's, uh, I'm slowing way, way down, man. I like them cards in the Navy because they were PMS cards. Uh, <laughs> PMS cards. <laughs> I better stop right there. <laughs> I should have I I caught that back then, but I didn't. I, 
I do now. I see it. I see the correlation. But, but you, if you don't do those cards exactly like that card says, they'll fail you, man. They send crews of people in, and what they do is they go in and randomly, we got stacks and stacks and stacks of those cards. For every piece of gear, there was one of those cards. And it was a check that you had to go check. If you had to check a light bulb, whatever you had to check, you'd pull one of them cards out and you'd look at it. And it'd say, get all this test equipment together and, and all the oils and greases and everything else. So you had to have every bit of that stuff together before you ever even started working on a thing. you almost like you're a doctor in, a, in an operating room. You had all this stuff laying out there and they would check everything and you had to have the right quantities. I mean, you had to have every, we, we used to, some of these greases, that's because your government's hard at work. They'd buy grease in 55 gallon drums. Well, we only needed an ounce of that grease. And you would think that they would have some place where they'd have 55-gallon drums where you go get an ounce and put it on there, tag it, and, and that. No, 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 no. You have to order a 55-gallon drum. But you can't keep a 55-gallon drum on your ship because it's too much. So then when you get out to sea, you get your ounce out and you throw the 55-gallon drum over the side. <laughs> That's where all your money goes, by the way. But they come in, and those cards, were, you had to do step one, and, it, and you had to pass that step, and step two, and step three. If there's 100 steps, you had to go through every step of, of the way. You know what that did? That slowed me way down, way, way down. Uh, most people couldn't fix anything because they always try to get ahead of the game. What you need to do is slow down, slow down, slow down, and just let God, let life go on past, and just let it, I tell everybody all the time, you want to serve Jesus Christ, here's a simple way to do it. Stop. Let the world go. Just stop. Just stop and, and say, I'm going to give six months to Jesus, and I'm going to read my Bible, pray. I'm going to do whatever i got to do for six months to get my life where it needs to be. Just give him six months. At the end of six months, if that don't work, then go back doing what you're doing. Uh, you can catch up to it pretty quick. But what I found out is I did that, and I let the world go. And in six months, I'm looking. I'm like, man, them people are nuts. Uh, everybody I've ever asked to do that and did it are still out there somewhere today. You say, why? Because they let the world go by six months, and by the time they sit there and really got their heads where it needed to be, they looked and said, that's crazy, and I used to do that. That is insane. But, but he says, come out from among them, be separate, say, Lord, you got to let that stuff go. Uh, it's, it's, it's some crazy stuff. Anyways, uh, Psalm 73, Psalm 73, 73:24 says this, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterwards receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. Who do you desire? I'm telling you what, James, go to James 1.5. Oh, here's a good one, man. <laughs> if you don't understand what I'm saying right now, if you think I'm a wacko nut, I'm going to tell you, do what you want to do. I've watched a bunch of people do the, exactly that. They did what they wanted to do, and it never turned out right. It's bad enough when I mess up myself, it's, uh, but I don't want to mess up other people in the process. Uh, James, James 1.5. Uh, man, one. James, the servant of God uh, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Now, this is to the Jews. It is a tribulation passage. But hey, hey, you can take scripture, you can get, uh, you can get wisdom out of anything. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, uh, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You know what's wrong with most people? They have no patience. Uh, they got they to have, have it right now. That's what's wrong with our economy today, our society. Everybody's got to have everything right now. Uh, they can't wait. Uh, verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any man of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, uh, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, 
and unbraideth, uh, unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So God gives everything. God's not a respecter of any person. Go back to Genesis. He's not a respecter of any person, not at all. Uh, there is none better than anybody else. Everybody has the same opportunity. Uh, you look at most of your old-time uh, evangelists and, and uh, missionaries and preachers. Uh, they all had shady uh, backgrounds. Uh, but those guys all got to a place in their lives uh, somewhere where they stopped doing what they were doing and let God have his way. And he straightened the thing out. And they became great preachers and great missionaries and great evangelists and uh, great pastors. I mean, great men back there. Every single one of them had issues. Uh, and God worked those things out. Uh, but if you don't give God the time to work the thing out in your life, what you'll do is you'll continue to do exactly what you're supposed to do. And you'll never get to be Eliezer. Eliezer had a blessing here, man. It says right here, he says, and the man bowed his head and worshiped. Uh, he stops and says, God, thank you, man. <laughs> he goes, here I was in the way. And he goes on and says, and he said, blessed, 27, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brother. What we do is we think, don't do this, 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 and you've done something. You've done nothing. You've done nothing. What you've done is you've cleaned up the outside of the plate, and the inside is filthy. What he says is clean up the inside of the platter. That's what he's looking for. You know how you do that? You say, Lord, help. <laughs> Lord, help. Help. And you just sit there, and you go, and you start looking at yourself like how mess. If you would compare yourself, if I would compare myself to Jesus Christ, uh, brethren, you don't have a problem worrying about anything else because it's very clear what's going on in my life. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, if I just stop and compare myself with you, compare myself with you and nobody else, then, then you're going to tell me exactly what I'm supposed to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Eliezer in this passage is, is a direct reflection of the Holy Spirit. He's a type of the Holy Spirit. You can't miss it. Uh, he, he sits there and he's going to get a bride for the master's son, which is Jesus Christ, a type of the Jesus Christ. Verse 28, and the dam damsel ran and told her mother's house these things. Uh, the, when the serpent got what he knew that the Lord had directed him right to the path, right to the place, uh, I mean, not off, off a degree, a hair of degree, nothing. I mean, he went right to the place in Haran. He got right to a well. The first girl that walks out and talks to him is Rebecca. She does exactly. He goes, I want this, 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 and this. And this girl does that, 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 and that. And she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off in the process. I mean, this guy's probably sitting there looking and saying, whoa, that is crazy. To God, that's nothing. That is absolutely, that is the way he works. And if you would stop and just let him work in your life, you would find some great things. We read our Bibles, like I started this thing and said, you don't need, you don't need to know Genesis to Revelation. You just got to know God. You got to know Jesus Christ. If you get a hold of him, no matter where you go, you're going to see the whole thing is sitting there. I remember Fritz, when he first started showing me about types, uh, we were in Genesis somewhere. I, uh, he did not have to beat me up, throw me on the floor, shove this stuff down my throat. I go, whoa, man, that's cool. Yeah, oh yeah, I see that. I see that's Jesus. That's Jesus. If you know enough about Jesus, what you'll do is you'll start finding him through the whole book. What happens when you're stuck out there somewhere and all you got is, is what's in your mind? You know why you read your Bible? So that if you do get stuck out there somewhere and you ain't got nothing and you'll never have a, I mean, you're just stuck, that he can start pulling that stuff out of your mind and you can start running that stuff through your head. And I'm telling you what, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. This man right here came to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'd like to say is he never talks about himself. 
You got a bunch of charismatic churches out there, but all they do is talk about the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit. The Eliezer is a picture or a type in the Old Testament of what the Holy Spirit's going to do in the New Testament. He never talks about himself. He talks about his master and his master's son. That's all he talks about. You know what we need to be talking about is Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is going to guide and direct us into whatever Jesus said. And he's going to always lift up the Lord in our lives. He's going to lift him up and lift him up and lift him up. Verse 29, and Rebekah had a brother. <laughs> Isn't it great to have brothers? Siblings. Siblings are great. And his name was Laban. And Laban ran uh, out unto the man uh, under the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earrings and the bracelets upon his sister's hand. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. Now, I'm going to show you something here that you may or may not have caught before, but if you have, that's good. If you haven't, I'm going to show it to you. Eliezer is a picture of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not going to barge into your life. He's going to wait by the well, and you're going to ask him in. Uh, people say, well, how do you grieve or quench the Holy Ghost? You don't ask him in. You try to do it your way, you got him out by the well. He's going to stay by the well. Laban wants him in the house. You know why Laban wants him in the house? Because he's got gold earrings and gold bracelets and gold, 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 gold. But the Holy Spirit, which Eliezer is a type, is sitting out by the well. He never followed Rebecca into the place. She said, we have room in Providence for you. We got all this other stuff. He's waiting for the master of the house to come and say, I want you to come into my home. Do you want him in yours? You're going to have to go get him. He's sitting there waiting. Now, I got all the Holy Spirit I was ever going to get the day I got saved. Not going to get another bit. But how much I allow him to affect my life is, is what I, no, I don't want him in today because I want to do what I want to do. I don't want him, I don't want, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, I don't care that he, the Bible says this. I, I, he's not going to guide and direct you. People say, well, how do you know? My mom, she always says, she goes, how do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? I said, the, Holy, the Lord told me. The Holy Spirit magnified that thing in my heart by reading the Bible. He just lifted that thing up. I know. It's an inner thing. I know. She says, well, you can't know. I said, well, I can. She goes, no, you can't. I said, well, it says over in John chapter 5, it says that you may know you have eternal life. I said, I know it. She goes, oh, no, no. I said, Mom, I said, just because you don't know it doesn't mean I can't. Somebody can. I want to be somebody who can. So I started seeking God, and I allowed the Holy Spirit in my life, and he magnified that thing. You say, is he... You know, you, if I offend him and quench him, I'm not going to lose my salvation. I'm gonna, I'll still be saved. But boy, his guidance goes away. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't like being that way. Laban sees the wealth. That's what he sees. He goes out by that, and he sees these 10 camels laden with all kinds of stuff. And he sees a buck here. Laban is a Jew, man. <laughs> him, and, him and Jacob. Jacob... Jacob, uh, when Rebekah goes back with, uh, to Isaac, she meets him, gives herself to him. They have two sons, Esau and Jacob. Uh, somewhere down the road, Jacob, as he grows up, he does some things, he steals a couple things, he does some bad things. And he goes, uh, they run him off to, because Esau's going to kill him. And he goes to Laban. And those are birds of a feather. Laban and Jacob are just alike. Greedy as a day is long. Uh, you got to, boy, I tell you what, I, I'm, a, I'm a greedy kind of person. I know exactly what I am. I, I'll give most everything away. 
Uh, if, if I give you something, I give it to you for what I pay for it because I know that if I don't, I'm going to, that, that old man nature is going to come up, that fleshy nature is going to come up, and I'm looking for the good deal. I just am. Beth thinks that she has a woo sticker on her head, and uh, that's the only reason I got her, which may be true. I don't know. I didn't know what woo-hoo was then, but, uh, but she swears up and down that it's, it's imprinted, and I see a woo-hoo sticker on her head that I must, she must have been, and she was a good deal. Uh, she was a real good deal. I couldn't believe she liked me. I really couldn't. I had never found anybody up to that point like me before, man. I was 32 years old. I mean, it's amazing. My mom didn't even like me. My dad didn't like me. My brothers didn't like me. Nobody liked me. I didn't like me. It was just an amazing thing. They are two Jewish merchants in the same city block. That's what Laban and Ray, uh, Eliezer is a Holy Spirit, so he's a little bit different. But, but uh, Laban, his characteristics are just like Jacob. Neither one walks by faith, they walk by sight. That's what's wrong with most of us today. We walk by sight. We have to see something. We, we can't trust God. We refuse to learn how to trust God. Both have their own interests at heart. Jacob wants what Jacob wants. Laban wants what he wants. Laban sees what Eliezer has, and he's trying to figure out how he's going to make some money here. And either one would sell the other down the, the river for 2% interest. That's what people do today. Brother, I'm telling you what, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to put that flesh down. It's hard, but you got to learn how to do it. God is not going to work with us in the flesh. He's not going to do it. Uh, he's going to let you go in the flesh, and, and you're going to beat your head against the wall in the flesh and destroy a bunch of other stuff in the process in the flesh. And when you get to the place where your life is destroyed and everything around you is destroyed again and again and again and again and again, you might get to the place by the time you're 67 years old that you're willing to listen, but your life is already gone by then. Uh, I learned a long time ago to slow down, slow down, let God have it. Just let God have it. I watch the people. When people come try to tell me what to do, the first thing I do, I got a verse in the back of my head. You shall know them by their fruits. What have they got hanging off their tree that's so impressive to me? And when I don't see anything hanging off their tree, they're not going to convince me of nothing. You shall know them by their fruits. If they're really following Jesus Christ, they're going to have some fruits hanging on them. They're going to be there. If there's nothing there, there's a problem. There's a problem. You got to stop and say, Lord, do I have any fruits hanging on my tree? And if not, why not? That guy I run into the other day is a guy I led the Lord on a ship 37 years ago. He's still part of me. The Lord says, why don't you love him? I said, because I don't. He goes, I love you. I'm like, well, that ain't fair. Why would you tell me that? That's not fair at all. That's cheating. He says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and love thy neighbor as thyself. I said, Lord, that's, why did you even put that in the Bible? That's not even fair. You're God. I'm not. He goes, oh, but you're like me, and you're supposed to be like me, and the Spirit of God dwells in you, and you're supposed to be like me. And if you're not, you better change that thing. You know, the worst thing in the world is to see two Christians fighting. That is stupid. That's, that's, that's childish. That's, that's just childish. That ain't even, that ain't, that's like a, still in diapers out there somewhere. That's, that's your comrade. That's your brother or sister in Christ. That is the child of God right there. It took me a long time to learn that. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the greatest guy in the whole wide world. You'll hear me get upset. I get upset, man. You start messing with God's people, and I get upset. I get up real upset, man. I just I don't like it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make no sense. 
Uh, I mean, we're in this world, we're battling just to survive, and there's very few of us to do it, and then we fight with each other in the process. That's crazy. Laban, Laban is sitting there looking at what he can get. He's not looking like, oh, man, it's a man of God. And he's coming to get my sister or my daughter, sister, daughter. I got to figure that Raven. I, I need to look that up. I keep thinking Rebecca is his daughter, but uh, he's going to come and get Rebecca, and he's going to take her away. And, and it's, this is good for Rebecca, man. She's going to go with uh, Isaac, Abraham, and she's going to have all this wealth and everything else. He didn't care one thing about Rebecca. You know what he cared about was that. That's, that's selfishness. That's where the, Laban's at. That's, that's where Jacob is, and we're going to get into him down the road real soon, but Jacob did the exact same thing, and it didn't turn out. He ended up as an old man, and his son he thought was dead, and, and uh, it happened to be next to Pharaoh in, in the kingdom. But you know what made Laban or Rab uh, Jacob happy is when he saw the wagons. Oh, there's wagons. <laughs> And there's, and there's mules and donkeys and everything else to get me back. To, and I can ride nice. I can ride my nice Cadillac down, down to Egypt, a type of the world. That's exactly where they went. And then they stayed down there for a long time and had problems. Anyways, Laban sees an opportunity. Laban sees the chance to make something on the deal. The servant, as a type of the Holy Spirit, does not ask to be, uh, does not wait to be asked in. Does not even, he just waits to be asked. He waits. Uh, you, have to, you have to actively seek the Holy Spirit to get him in. Uh, verse 31, and he said, come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? Boy, when somebody starts doing stuff like that to me, my hair stands up on the back of my head, and all of a sudden I get scared. When somebody tries to call me a man of God, I'm like, ah. Uh, there, <laughs> take your Bibles, go over to 1 Samuel. There's just something bad wrong with that. Uh, what they're trying to do is, is butter you up. Gifts. I don't like taking anything from anybody hardly. Uh, I mean, it's, I have to know the person really good because it's, it's scary. It's scary because it's almost like you're trying to buy something. And uh, it, it's dangerous. It's just very dangerous. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 15. God told, here's, here's a perfect example. He told uh, Saul exactly what to do. And uh, he goes out and doesn't do what God told him to do. Told him exactly what to do. Uh, and verse 13, it says, And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul went out king. He's supposed to kill Agag, kill everybody out there, kill all the cattle, kill all the sheep, kill all the fleas, kill everything. Just kill it all. Uh, and Samuel came to Saul, and, and Saul said, And blessed be thou of the Lord. <laughs> I have performed the commandment of the Lord. That's what people always say. I've done the will of God. No, you haven't. Samuel's sister goes, and Samuel says, What meaneth this, the bleeding of the sheep in my ears? I see the fruit. There's fruit hanging here, and this isn't the fruit you're supposed to have. See, we, we just don't want to let go of what, what we have. Uh, brother, most of the time, God doesn't need what we have. He wants us, us, and he's going to change some things in us. And if we continue to do the exact same things over and over again, you're going to get the same result. I, I, I have zero friends from the time I grew up. Zero. None. Zero. I don't, I, the only two that I, well, I take that back, Roger Vitito, Mike Vitito, which were my next door neighbors. I seen them a while back at their mother's funeral. I drove down there to go to their mother's funeral uh, because they helped me growing up. But if I had friends, those would be the only two friends that I have growing up. That's it, zero. The rest of them was in the world. I'm not part of that anymore. I got away from that lifestyle. That lifestyle will just drag you right back down into it. People say, oh, no, it won't. I mean, I've been doing this for 43 years. I've watched it time and time and time and time and time again. It'll drag you right back down. Samuel says, what meaneth uh, then the bleeding of this sheep 
in mine ears and the lowing of my, the oxen, which I hear. And Saul said, uh, they have brought them. And Saul, what the whole point here is, Saul did not do what he was supposed to do. And he walks up and he goes, welcome thou blessed of the Lord, trying to act spiritual. You know, somebody trying to act spiritual in front of somebody who actually knows God, who realizes that they're not spiritual, that they're backslidden like a dog, and just wicked as hell, and they deserve to go to hell, and that's the right attitude pretty much when you're in front of God. Somebody who stands there and goes, blessed be that. I'm like, you're missing something, man. I said, you think you're something that you're not, because you're really not. I've been around some great preachers, and they never acted that way. I mean, every one of them, there's a humbleness about them that you see. Uh, in the pulpit, Dr. Ruckman in the pulpit uh, looked one way outside that pulpit. He's a totally different man. And you know what you do? You learn that the man in the pulpit's different than the man out of the pulpit. Not that he's, he's different, but his life. But boy, when he walked behind that pulpit, it's just something changed. And when he got out of that pulpit, he was just a man. He's just like a regular old man every day. Come thou blessed of the Lord, Rose, <laughs> roars Laban. Uh, typed, uh, t- uh, trying to shout out, just like Saul did, uh, why standest thou without? Because you never asked me in. You want me to come in, then you need to ask me to come in. Uh, God's not a respecter of any person, but he's not going to do, over in Acts 10.38, Peter says that. He says, of a truth, I perceive God is not a respecter of any person. He's not. He's going to allow, but, he's, but the Holy Spirit is not going to come into your life. He's going to change your life. But he's not just going to come into your life and just take over. And God direct you in every, no, you have to want to do what he says. And then you got to do it. Just because he shows you what to do doesn't mean you're in God's will. You're in God's will when you do it. You go down the road and do it. Verse 32, and uh, I've got one minute and the bell's going to go off. And the man came, I got my bell up here too, brother. <laughs> and the man came into the house and ungirded his camels and gave straw and provender for the camels. And washed uh, and watered to wash his feet and the men's feet which were with him. So Eliezer wasn't by himself. Uh, and there was set uh, meat before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, Speak on. Eliezer, the Holy Spirit, right here, basically as a type, always puts Jesus Christ's interest first, even before eating or anything else. Uh, you'll not find him ever doing anything. Uh, Laban is trying to give him stuff, and he says, no, I don't want it. Got it. I'm, I'm done. Uh, he says, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, he said, I came for a purpose. Uh, I've had people say, well, how do you know the will of God? You'll know it. If you don't know it, you're, you're, you're not in it. Uh, if, you, if God wants to show you something, he will show you something. You'll know exactly what you're supposed to do. Eliezer knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Everything has fallen into place exactly like it was supposed to fall in. Eliezer is not going to put anything before God in this case right here. God's first. This is my mission. Let's talk. Are you going to do what I said or, or I came to do? If you're not, tell me. And he goes on, uh, and I could have got into the rest of it here, but I'm not. I'll stop. Eliezer, make sure that, hey, I'm going to complete my mission before it gets out of my hand. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. So many times, brethren, when you get in your Bible and you start reading it and you start looking at your life as compared to the Bible, what you'll find out is you let things get in the way. And the devil, and I'm talking about that, I'm going to get into some of that tonight. The devil can easily put something in your path to get you off the track, off. He'll get you off. And once he gets your mind off of heaven, he's got you. Because now he can do whatever he wants. It's 1150, 1050. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, help us to see that uh, in trusting you uh, and, and trusting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you've sent us a
uh, comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. You said you would send him in, our, in your name, and he's going to uh, magnify the words that, uh, that you spoke, and you're going to show us, he's going to show us everything you said. Lord, help us to see what the, the Word of God says and what it uh, means to us and what we're supposed to do. Guide and direct our paths. Uh, Lord, help us to keep our eyes exactly where they need to be on you, Lord, and in, in the right time and the right place, you will do exactly what you need to do. Uh, Father, again, thank you for letting us come to church this morning. Bless the morning service, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's closer.